Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. TheGroveWR.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. It's already been read during our responsive reading. Let's talk today from the thought, which is in the form of a question. What are you going to do with what you have? What are you going to do with what you have? That's the question for you today. What are you going to do with what you have? Amen. You are at a stage in your life that's sort of like a person wanting to find a treasure. It would be nice if someone would simply give them a treasure. But they know they'll have to buy some land and find the treasure. So they contact a real estate agent or some real estate agents to buy some land that has this treasure. One realtor takes them to a parcel of land that's 100 acres, 100 acres. The realtor who has found treasure herself tells you why this land should have some gold or oil, maybe maybe even some vibranium on the land. She's found treasure herself, she tells you this land should have a treasure that will make you prosperous. There are, it's surrounded by other plots of land that has oil, gold, and yes, vibranium. You never freeze when you find vibranium. You get it later. Um, So they say this land, this particular plot of land is surrounded by other pieces of property that have gold and oil. And so it's believed that there must be a channel, some sort of a reservoir running under all of these pieces of property that has oil, gold, and other precious minerals. If all the the property around it has uh, stuff that can make you rich, then this piece of property also, which has been untapped, it has has not been mined, it it should very likely have treasure in it as well. But then another realtor takes you to another parcel of land. You're looking for treasure. But this this realtor takes you to another parcel of land. It's 300 acres, but it's a junkyard. It's a junkyard. Junk cars, junk trucks, just raggedy, rusty farm equipment. That, and some of this stuff on all these 300 acres of, 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 of raggedy cars that People have already picked the starters out of them or picked the alternators out of them or extracted the transmissions from them or maybe a seat is missing, no tires on them. All of these, all of these 300 acres, you're looking for a treasure, but this realtor takes you to a junkyard. Junkyards cannot bring you prosperity unless you're someone who loves junk and you're in the business of dealing with junk and trash. This junkyard can generate revenue because it is appealing to other people who look for junk or who like junk. The realtor offers it to you because you won't have to work hard digging for gold or oil. 
or anything else that you'll have to exchange for the prosperous life it offers. This junkyard offers easy money. It will not give you everything the 100 acres will provide. But it's easier and you'll be so cool to other people who really vibe with junk and trash. Paul is trying to help Timothy find the treasure, not junk. Paul wants Timothy to live as a treasure rather than junk, rather than trash. Paul, the spiritual father, has written this letter to Timothy, his spiritual son, to, as we're studying on Wednesday nights, he's, he's trying to pull Timothy up. He's trying to pull Timothy up uh, out of anything and everything that prevented him from fulfilling God's purpose for his life. Paul is writing this letter to Timothy because he loved Timothy. He believed in Timothy. Paul wanted to see Timothy succeed at what really mattered. He didn't want Timothy to hold himself back or be his own worst enemy. He wrote this letter to Timothy to pull Timothy into his God-ordained destiny. Again, y'all, Paul is trying to pull Timothy up. This is critical. This is critical, seeing that the devil wants to pull Timothy down. While the devil attempts to pull Timothy down, Paul is trying to pull Timothy up. This is what spiritual fathers do. This is what people who love you do. We try to pull you up while the devil is trying to pull you down. Like all of us, you need relationships with people who love you and strive to pull you into your purpose, into God's calling, out of your comfort zone, into your destiny while the, while the enemy is fighting to pull you down into bondage. Bondage to sin, bondage to your flesh, bondage to fear, bondage to shame, bondage to anything that can prevent God's plans from materializing in your life. We need these relationships like what Timothy had with Paul. We, we need people who will challenge us, affirm us, speak life into us, not, not let us settle for, for less than God's will and God's best, the treasure. These relationships matter. They matter. These relationships can save our lives. They can save our sanity. Relationships with spiritual fathers and others who can see you, who can see who you can become, can pull you up into what they see for you if you listen to them. They can keep you from making the same mistakes we've made if you listen to them. So what will you do with them? What will you do with the people who love you, the people who believe in you, the people who can affirm you, the people who can correct you, the people who can speak life into you, the people who can challenge you? What, what will you do with your relationships with people who can see what the Lord has put inside you? What will you do with your relationships with people who love you enough to, to do all of these things? I want to encourage you, treasure those relationships. Do what you must to keep those relationships. Keep in touch with people like that. Text them sometime. Run your ideas by them. Get, get their opinions on the major decisions of your life, whether it's changing your major in school or, or transferring schools or accepting internships. Or Get their opinion on your, your starting businesses or studying abroad or, or, or getting married. Yeah, hit them up before you get married. Yeah. Let, let them meet them. Sometimes they can look right at him and say, no, baby, that ain't, mm-mm. 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 And if they ask you to tell them about them in the first words out your mouth, they ain't got no job. Oh, that's a red flag right there. They're sort of in-between jobs, right? No, baby, no, baby. When you get a job, tell them to come back around. Tell them to come back. 
Timothy had a relationship with his spiritual father, Paul. Secondly, secondly, Paul told Timothy he had some stuff inside him that worked for him. Paul is going to tell Timothy, we're going to go down this list, take inventory of things that Paul tells Timothy he had inside him that worked for him. First of all, in verse 5, Paul talks about Timothy's faith. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Verse 5. I remember, here it is, your genuine faith. For you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. Tim, I don't know if you have done an appraisal of your faith. You may not think you have a whole lot of faith. You may not think... You have as much faith as your mama. You may not think you have as much faith as your grandmother. You may, you may look down on yourself spiritually because you don't seem to have the kind of faith that other folk have. But Tim, don't, don't lowball your own faith. Tim, you got faith now. You, you have enough faith that can move mountains. You, it only takes a little bit and use what you got. You can, you can move mountains. Faith, y'all, basically is our trusting God for whatever we need him to do. That's faith. faith. Faith is when we trust God to do whatever we need him to do. In other words, we, need, we, we have faith to, for God to save us, to move mountains for us, to heal us, to keep us, to guide us, protect us, make ways for us. Faith is simply our trusting God for whatever we need him to do. Provide tuition for us, provide scholarships for us, open doors for internships, make our businesses prosperous, help you make payroll for your employees, bless you with your own home where you park your own car in your own garage and pay your own mortgage and keep your own lights on and eat your own food out of your own refrigerator. That's faith. That's the kind of faith your mama got. Faith is our trusting God for whatever we need him to do and it will make you say crazy stuff like I can make it. I can handle it. I, I can endure this. I'm coming out of this. I'm going to win. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to keep fighting. I was built for this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Faith will make you say crazy things like God's grace is sufficient for me. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The next time you go to put some gas in your car, just quote that scripture real quick. Just God shall supply all my needs faith will make you say crazy stuff crazy stuff like I've been tithing so the windows of heaven are open for me I've been sowing bountifully so I'm going to reap bountifully and it makes you say crazy stuff like if God could do it for Moses God can do it for me if God could do it for Joshua God can do it for me if God can do it for Ruth God can do it for me if God is for me who can stand against me faith will make you say some crazy stuff Timothy had faith where did he get it from he got it honest he got it from his mama Got it from his daddy. All of us got some stuff from mom and them. Yeah, some, some of us, some of us, we readily identify what we got from mom and them. Ooh, you and that temper. I got it, I got it honest. I, they say the same thing about my mama. Ooh, you being so impatient. Yeah, child, they say the same thing about my mama. Mm, ooh, that mouth on you. Yeah, I know, I got it. Everybody in my family just loud. Everybody in my family. We can readily identify natural, carnal things we've inherited from mom and them. But how many times can we identify something spiritual? Other than that singing. Now, it's, you know some families, the whole family just sang. The whole family, the whole, the Stevens family, the whole family just sang. 
Anytime we've had a funeral here with any member of the Stevens family, we got the Stevens family choir filling up the whole choir stand. All of them sang Pam, Happy, all of them. Tisha, all of them sang. Got something to do with music, all of them. Some families are known for, for some stuff like that. But how many of y'all can identify you got your faith from your mama? You got your tenacity from your daddy. You got your grit from your dad. You got your, you, you listen, ain't nobody going to knock you down and keep you down because didn't nobody knock your daddy down and keep your daddy down. All of us can identify some things we've, we've inherited from our family. But how many of us can identify some, some spiritual strengths? Tim, where'd you get that faith from? I got it. Honest. My mama trusted God. My grandmama trusted God. When the pandemic hit, we trusted God. I saw when the flood came, mama trusted God. When, when COVID came, mama trusted God. When daddy lost his job, mama trusted. I got it from my mama. Mama Nim. Paul told Timothy he had some stuff inside him that worked for him. Not only his faith, Timothy also had a spiritual gift. Spiritual gift. Look at verse 6. Verse 6, this is why your faith is the reason why I'm, I'm reminding you to fan into flames. King James Version says, stir up the gift. The gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Paul told Timothy this, y'all. He said, Tim, you, you're not perfect. I'm not putting you on a pedestal. You, uh, but, but you got something God gave you. When I laid my hands on you, God, God made a transfer. God made a deposit in your life. You got some supernatural stuff in you. That God gave you. Every believer of Jesus Christ has something inside of you that God deposited in you. I don't care if you got, I don't care if you accepted Jesus when you were five. And when you were five, God said, I'm going to deposit something supernatural, something divine inside of you so I can use you. Paul told Timothy he had a spiritual gift, supernatural empowerment to fulfill his God-given purpose. Timothy had a call on his life, an assignment. You understood the assignment. Paul, Timothy had an assignment and the anointing to fulfill it. He wasn't, he wasn't to simply find a job. He was to understand and live out his God-given assignment. He had a gift that came from God himself. He had a supernatural gift, an ability that was given to him by God. We all have things we've inherited from our mom and them. But can you really identify what the Lord put inside you? And that's treasure stuff. When you recognize what God has put, God does not put junk inside of us. God gives us treasure stuff. Treasure stuff, spiritual gifts that God gives us. And the world needs these gifts. The world needs young people on the come up, young people going to Howard, young people going to start their own businesses, young people going to Georgia State and College uh, University. Listen, God, God needs these young people not uh, to, to use these spiritual gifts. But not only that, you need to be able to stir up the gift. The second thing I want to I want to point out that that God gave Timothy. He gave Timothy. Timothy has the ability to stir up the gift. Look at verse six again. He has the ability to stir up the gift. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you. Paul, Paul said, Tim, I'm not going to pray that God stirs up your gift. No, Tim, I, I'm challenging you to stir up what God put inside you. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift. Timothy, Tim, here's what happened. Timothy allowed fear to temporarily shut down his spiritual gift that God gave him. 
Timothy was told to fan into flames the spiritual gift. It's like a fire that's about to go out. And when that fire is about to go out, you just, you just put a little air to it, put a little oxygen to it in the fire. It can crank back up. Paul is telling Timothy, Tim, you, you let your fire grow dim. You let, you let your fire grow out. But if you, you put a little air to it, if you, if you handle it right, you can, you can be on fire for Christ again. Tim, you got to do that. You got to do it, Tim. Tim, Tim had temporarily stopped preaching the word of God. Paul is telling him to resume preaching the word of God. Timothy shut it down because he felt threatened. Paul was in prison for preaching when he wrote Timothy this letter. Tim knew they could lock him up too if he kept preaching. So he stopped. He felt threatened. So he quit. He wasn't having it. So like a turtle hiding in its shell, Timothy scaled back from preaching because Timothy felt threatened. Again, Paul didn't tell Timothy he was praying that God would stir up his gift. He told Timothy to stir it up. Do you know why? Do you know why Paul told Timothy to stir up his gift? Let me tell you why Paul told Timothy to stir up his gift. This gift that was on shutdown because of fear. He told Timothy to stir up the gift because Timothy was in a situation where his gift was shut down, but Timothy could do something about it. Timothy could do something about it. He was not helpless. And Paul wasn't going to let, let him believe no lie that he was helpless. Timothy was not hopeless and Paul was not going to allow him to believe any lie to make him feel like he was hopeless. And it is what it is. Mm -mm. Tim, Paul, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, I know you're scared, but you can do something about it. Tim, I know you feel threatened, but you can do something about it. Tim, I know you're intimidated and you're hiding in your shell like a turtle, but Timothy, you can do something about it he was afraid he was a tim he was timid he was ashamed but he could do something about it all i'm trying to tell you is timothy had a relationship with paul that helped to pull him up into his destiny it would help him to find the treasure so many of us long to find and mine paul told timothy he had some stuff inside him that worked for him timothy had had faith timothy had the spiritual gift he had the ability to stir up the spiritual gift but also in verse 7 Verse seven, verse 7, Paul is telling Timothy, Tim, God has also given you power, love, and a sound mind. God has given you power, love, and self-discipline. Look at verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Paul had some God-given stuff. All of us as believers have some God-given stuff. I want everybody to say, even with your mask on, I want to hear you say, I got some God-given stuff. Every believer, every believer, young, old, single, married, listen, all of us have some God-given stuff. What did God give Timothy? The first thing that Paul acknowledges in verse 7 is that God gave Timothy power. God gave Timothy power. Power of the Holy Ghost is boldness, it's assertiveness, it's, it's courage that can penetrate fear. It's when you're scared and you got a right to be scared, but the Holy Ghost gives you power to go on and penetrate that fear and push through that fear. God has given you that. It's a power that can make you resilient. Listen, y'all, listen. Where you, when, when you fall down, and chances are you're you going to fall down. Ch chances are at some point in your life you, you're going to get knocked down. You're going to fall down. But the power of the Holy Ghost gives you resilience to get back up. Get back up. Up. Somebody, I just got a text from the Holy Ghost. Hold on. Somebody needs to hear this text. You're too anointed to not get back up. You're too gifted to not get back up. Listen, this resilience 
can get you back up after you failed is boldness that the uh, that empowered the apostles in the early church and our ancestors to endure tough times how can you have inside of you the dna to survive the middle passage the dna to endure slavery and you can't handle college the devil is alive how can you have inside of you the dna that can handle families being ripped apart and sold like property and you can't handle the tough situations that happen in everybody's life the devil is alive the power of the holy ghost says you can handle it you can make it. You can push through it. Because God gave it to you. Paul, what would you tell Tim? I told him God did not give him a spirit of fear. But God did give him power. That ain't all God gave him. Watch this. He says, and God gave you love. Let the church say love. I got some stuff inside me that God gave me. Timothy said, Paul tells Timothy. He told Timothy you that God deposited love in you. And this is a love. Please hear me, y'all. This is a love so desperately needed in a world of hate. Even more desperately needed in a world where you are hated and targeted by folks like 18 year old kids who will drive 200 miles to Buffalo, New York. To deliberately hunt and kill black folk in a grocery store. This Satan-possessed clown drove 200 miles. And I read where he had been studying this particular neighborhood and this particular store for years. 18 years old. Studying. This heavily populated black neighborhood. Where do most of these for? Oh, they go into that, to the top store. Okay. Let me drive up there a couple times and check out, check out the store and see their, see their shopping patterns and see how I can get the biggest bang for the buck. How, can I, how, how many black folk can I kill? 18 years old. Hunting black folk who ain't done nothing to him. This, this hate is deep. It's deeply entrenched in the DNA of this country. And they can, listen, don't teach critical race theory in the school. We'll teach it at the church. There are people in this world who hate you and have hated you everywhere. In the courts, in the banks. At your school, everywhere. But God has given you love. 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 Love to save lives. Not take lives. Love to save souls. Souls in bondage to sin. Souls in bondage to bitterness. Souls threatened. Threatened by white genocide. Souls threatened. Souls threatened by. I don't know how many of y'all have heard of replacement theory how many of y'all have heard of replacement theory have any of you high school graduates heard of replacement theory y'all ain't heard of replace you heard of replacement theory replacement theory is this notion that since black and brown people are, are are becoming more numerous in the united states of america you got some white folk some not all of them but some white folk who are afraid that we people of color are going to replace them and so they commit, they, they feel like they're victims of white genocide. They're going to look at you with your black, your black, beautiful, intelligent, God-fearing self and be threatened by you. When all you can say to them is hello, they're going to be threatened by you. 
This is why back in 2017 in Charlottesville, Virginia, where at that incident uh, where, that, where that white lady got killed because they, they, they were marching with the, with the tiki torches and stuff. And then uh, the president we had before the one we got now said, they're, they're fine people on both sides. You know what they were chanting when they were marching in the dark with those, with those tiki torches? They will not replace us. Jews will not replace us. That hate is making people so fearful. So intimidated, thinking you're going to replace them. Let me, let, me, let me tell this to y'all and anybody who might watch this stream. I can get mine without keeping you from getting yours. I can, keep, I can get mine and love you enough to help you get yours. Anybody understand what I'm saying? I don't have to put you down and keep you from getting yours to get mine because, baby, listen. Listen, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking faith. I, I, I just feel like I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get mine. Anybody else have that kind of mindset? I'm, I'm just going to get mine. Me and my family, we're going to have ours. I'm going to get mine. I was raised like that. I was brought up like that. I'm expected to get, I'm going to get mine. Stop me all you want. Try to stop me all you want. I'm still going to get mine. Love, love, love will drive you to get yours without, any, without stopping anybody else from getting there. So Paul told, told Tim, God has given you power, boldness, assertiveness, courage. God has given you love, but also God has given you self-discipline. That, that, that phrase in the King James Version, a sound mind, it speaks of, it, it sort of hints at sanity. There's inside of what that word means is sanity. God has given you a supernatural sanity. When you feel like you're about to lose your mind, remind yourself, God has given me some sanity. When other folk accuse you of losing your mind, now they might be right, but I'm just saying, remind yourself and them, God has given me some sanity, some self-discipline. I can regulate myself. There, this is a powerful antidote to what is happening in Timothy's world and in our world. This self-discipline is to combat greed, corruption, hatred toward those who follow Christ and advance his kingdom. So here it is. Watch this. God-given power, God-given love, God-given self-discipline is a great antidote to what we see happening in our world. And we need it. We need more people. We need more young African-Americans, young, young people on the come up who, who know what God has given them and, they, and they're flourishing in it. They ain't hiding it. They ain't hiding it. They, they bought it, bought it. They live in it. While I was in Bible college in Columbia, South Carolina, over 20 years ago, me and my family were financially supported by the church I had pastored in Northern California. They send me a check each month, so at, at a certain time of the month, I'd go to my mailbox at school, and there would be an envelope with a check enclosed to financially support me and my family. Wasn't a whole lot of money, but it helped. It helped. I'd take the check and cash it so we could use, we could use it to meet the needs we had at the time. What good was the check? while it sat in the mailbox. It did not benefit me or my wife or Janelle and Tanisha when I had to pay their, we had to pay their after school fees. That check sitting in the mailbox could not pay for David's daycare fees. What good is your relationship with your spiritual father, your faith, your God-given spiritual gifts, God-given power, God-given love, God-given sound mind, self-discipline, if you got it sitting in the mailbox of your fear? 
Paul is challenging Timothy, who has all these God-given, world-changing realities that sits in the mailbox of his fear. A fear, watch this, I'm almost finished. A fear that God has not given him. Timothy possessed fear, timidity, and shame, watch this, y'all, that did not come from God. Just as there were things inside Timothy that worked for him, there were things inside Timothy that worked against him. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. For God has not given you, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. Watch this. With strength God gives you. With, with the strength God gives you, if you just ask him for it, he'll give it to you. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Here's, here's, here's the point. The point is this. Refuse to allow the things inside you that have not come from God to render useless the things inside you that have come from God. We all have some stuff inside us that did not come from God. And I'm not saying they come from the enemy, but we have to deal with stuff that has not come from God. Some stuff just comes from life or is in our flesh. Not necessarily from the devil. It's just, it's just life. It's just flesh. Are y'all with me? Some stuff, some stuff just, we just have it inside of us. Some stuff like fear, depression, anxiety, and I'd even say PTSD. Some of us have inside of us some stuff that may not have come from the enemy, Show didn't come from God. Some stuff like church hurt, bitterness, busyness, frustration with church folk. With all the Lord has put inside you, you're allowing stuff he has not put inside you to shut you down and keep you from finding the treasure and being the treasure. Fear has shut some of y'all down. Depression, anxiety has shut some of y'all down. Church hurt, frustration with church folk, bitterness has shut some of y'all down. Something someone said about you shut you down. Some of you let COVID and the comfort of live streaming shut you down. Are y'all praying with me? Some of you have allowed worldly living to shut down all God has put inside you. Some of you allow the blame game to shut down what God has given you. You're so busy blaming folks for stuff when you really need to embrace the fact you're too gifted to be shut down. You got too much faith to be shut down. You got too much power to be shut down. You have too much love to be shut down. You have too much of, a, of self-discipline to be shut down. You too, listen, God has been too good to you for you to shut down what he's put inside of you. Paul told Timothy what I want to tell y'all today. Don't allow the things that have not come from God Shut down the things inside you that have come from God. So I'm closing with this question, Jonathan. What are you going to do with what you have? What are you going to do with your fear and anything else that has not come from God? What are you going to do with everything God has deposited in your life? Paul told Timothy to stir up his gift. Why? Because God, because Timothy, 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 with Timothy's God-given gift, his power, love, self-discipline was on lockdown, but there was something Timothy could do about it. 
I find so many, too many people quitting, giving up in a situation, feeling helpless, hopeless, when the truth of the matter is there's something you can do about it. You can't make everybody love you. You can't make everybody like you. You can't make folk accept you, but you can do something about how you respond to it. You can do something about whether you're going to keep going on anyway. Listen, rejection is going to happen. But you can do something about how you respond to it. Pain is going to happen. But you can do something about how you respond to it. Are y'all with me today? There are some people who will put labels on you for you to accept for the rest of your life. As if there's nothing you can do about some of the stuff inside you. Paul challenged Timothy. Because there was something Timothy could do about the stuff inside him that did not come from God. So I'm telling you, there are some things inside you that have not come from God that will shut down what has come from God until you do something about it. You are not helpless. You are not hopeless. You can do something about it. You do, not have to, you do not have to settle for a life of bondage to fear and shame. You can do something about it. The devil is determined to pull you down. But you can do something about it. Amen. So do something about it and find the treasure. Find the abundant life that Jesus has come to secure for you. Do something about it. Do, do something about the things inside you that can derail you and get you off track with God. So you can find and be the treasure. Paul didn't tell Timothy how to do it. He just said, do it. Stir up the gift that's inside you. Fan into flame the gift that's inside you. He didn't tell Timothy how to do it. Just told, do it. But Paul, you don't understand? Do it. But Paul, you're not here. Do it. Do it. Amen. Would you stand with me for a word of prayer? This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.